Konnichiwa. And how do y'all? I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie, and welcome to Sumo Kaboom! Where we talk about all things sumo. Yeah, that's right. This week, uh, we are going to finish our recap of the Aki Basho 2021, days 10 through 15. But first, we've got some bingo winners. That's right. Cue that sweet bingo music. We did a big reveal of all of our prizes. Our So many of our prizes were donated by BigSumoFan.com, Robert there, as well as a cool prize all the way from Sumo Soul in Japan. And we had so many cool prizes. We ended up giving them away to a handful of different people. We had a Maki Koshi winner on day 13, as well as one single Kachi Koshi winner on day 13. So they got cool stuff like Bonzukes, star charts, playing cards, um, uh, googly eye bookmarks, a uh, jam, uh, Tedana Fuji towels, just so many cool, cool things. So many thanks to Robert at BigSumoFan.com and the Sumo Soul for the Bintsuke we were able to give away, which is hair wax. And we wanted to do a little highlight on our two big winners of Bingo, one from Kachikoshi and the one Makikoshi winner. Here's a little bit about the person who won Kachikoshi Bingo on day 13. Sean says... I knew of the sport, sumo, when I was a kid, but I didn't know much of its history or tradition until 1982 when PBS aired the Bud Greenspan series, Numero Uno. Bud Greenspan, who is most known for the 1984 Summer Olympic Games documentary, 16 Days of Glory, created a series where each episode highlighted a country's most legendary sports hero. The first episode was about Taiho. And in it, Greenspan included a load of sumo history along with an extensive interview with the legend. It's a shame that the series is not available online. And I have to agree because I would love to watch. Yeah. I would love to watch that. My next exposure to the sport was in the 90s when Konishiki and then Akebono brought attention to American audiences. During that time, ESPN would air highlights of each basho and I'd catch up on what was happening. After ESPN stopped airing highlights, I lost touch with the sport until a few years ago when I stumbled across Grand Sumo Highlights on NHK World. It rekindled my interest, seeing Kasuna Sato rise to Yokozuna and then Tochin Ocean's Ozeki run cemented my love for the sport, and I've been watching ever since. My favorite rikishi are Ura, because he got my attention when he first came to Makauchi in 2017, and Takayasu, because I also have ties to the Philippines. So that's, that's a little awesome. bit about Sean. Sean, thanks for playing bingo with us, and congratulations. Your prizes will be on their way to you this coming week. Awesome. All right, we have our Makikoshi bingo winner, and that was Jean all the way down in uh, Brazil. I'm like, down, over, up? Where's Brazil? Um Anyway, congratulations. Here's a little bit about John. For years, he said he's tried watching sumo, but it never really stuck with him until March 2020 when he saw a guy in Jirio called Tedanofuji, <laughs> who was bulldozing his way back through the ranks after nearly a career-ending injury. So he stuck around rooting for him to see if he would rise again. Oh, yeah, he did. He did. It's pretty exciting. Later last year, he discovered Ura, who had a similar story, and he was just amazed by his incredible sumo and his cuteness. And since these two, ha- they have become his absolute favorites. He Other- 
they're cute. Yeah. Me. Oh, for sure. And he's a huge fan of Takanosho. Totally agree. Ichinojo mm-hmm. and, of course, Kaisei. And other retired ones like Kakuru, Araiso, Toyonoshima, Ikioi, and the list goes on. He says every Basho, he becomes another fan of another wrestler. Me too. He, I know. He said he started listening to us after Nagoya 2021 and he binged everything under two weeks. <laughs> so sorry. I cannot even <laughs> Those imagine early episodes when we're trying to pronounce everything. But he said he became a fan of us, which is so sweet. And he fell in love with the Rikishis just like we do. He likes the technical aspect of the sport and he loves the sumo database for doing researching. And But he likes the human aspect of what makes sumo sumo, like seeing these big men have a career, but also, you know, their personas, which makes it really more emotionally engaging to watch. So he thanks us and he would like to finish by saying that he was glad he was able to do his brand of sumo during this bingo uh, (laughs) tournament and uh, he will work hard to gamberize in the next one. (laughs) So thank you, John. And congratulations to you. Well played. All right. And congratulations to all of our other winners. We will contact you and let you know when your prizes are on the way. Let's head to a newsflash. We'll start with Takara Fuji. He revealed that his family grew to five when he had a new uh, a new daughter who was born August 25th, which just makes you wonder how this dad of these little ones, like very little ones, has enough sleep to still fight in the top division. Yeah, has enough energy left, you mean? Yeah. After being a dad of three? Yes, yeah. with a brand new, like a brand new spanking baby. I, I don't know how that happens. I don't but either. He makes it happen. I maybe love he, Takara Fuji. Maybe he's leaving it all in the ring. Maybe. You know? <laughs> and he like, just bring goes all your he's exhausted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A little bit of local news real quick. The Dallas Morning News actually did an article on the Dallas Sumo Club, which I think is really awesome. Yeah, me too. But to have like a, this is like our biggest newspaper in Dallas. It's like the big, it's Mm -hmm. like the only one. And for them to do an article on sumo and how it's growing in the U.S. and how there's fans of sumo all over the world, um, I think it bodes well for all of us in the sumo community. And hopefully we'll have even more people listening, even more people communicating and just becoming, you know, fans in the world of sumo fandom. You know, we've said from the very beginning that sumo and Texas are just natural fits. They are. Because we grow them big here, too. (laughs) We 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 grow them for football. Yeah, we really, really do. And we love our sports. So it makes sense that it's a growing sport here. And we hope a lot more people find their way to that club. Absolutely. Now, if you have been keeping up with Abby, it should be noted that Abby won the Jirio competition. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, he won the Yusho this time. So we will finally be seeing him back in Makauchi. So this is very exciting for me. I love Abby. I know he's a bad boy of sumo, but I'm so glad he's going to be back up in Makauchi this next time. Now, the biggest news, by the time this gets out, our podcast on Wednesday, I'm sure it will be official. And it is kind of official, but the actual papers have not come out. But the greatest of all time, Hakaho, the Hakaho show is retiring. 
Now, this was first rumored, at least when we're recording this, Shibatayama, he made an appearance at the Yokozuna Deliberation Council meeting, and I think it was talked about Hokuto Omi has also revealed that Hakaho intends to retire. So we have some people high up in the organization that are like, yeah, 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 he's going to retire, but we just got to wait for the actual paperwork, you know, to hit the table. I don't know how it happens, but there has to be actual paperwork and documents that that are submitted. We all have known that this is coming for a long time. The injury to his knee is not really healed enough for him to continue on anymore. And he, I think he's been ready for a long time to to start the next chapter, which is him becoming an Oyakata and trans, translating all of his knowledge over and transferring it all over to a younger generation. So we're looking forward to that, but it is the saddest news of the day. Yeah, yeah. I am honestly having trouble with it. I mean, Hakaho is my guy. Yeah, Hakaho is my favorite Rikishi, and so yeah, I've known it was coming, but now that it's here, I'm I'm just shopping for Hakaho merchandise everywhere right now <laughs> to hold on to it. I'm I'm trying to maintain a positive attitude, but uh, we'll still have some, plenty of Hakaho. Well, yeah, but it some just changes. Won't be him. In the ring anymore. Some changes are just hard to accept, yeah. you know? Like when I went from one chin to about four chins. It's just What are you hard, talking about? Hard to you don't accept. have four chins? <laughs> oh, jeez Louise. So, yeah, I'm sad about this one. I'm happy for him, and I know he will do wonderfully in the future, but man, am I going to miss seeing him in the ring. And, you know, the other thing that I thought of was, thank God, I got to watch his very last bout live. Yeah. It's the only time I stayed up to the middle of the night to watch Sumo live so that I could catch him on that last day of the last Basho fighting Terano Fuji. And I'm so, so glad yeah. that I did because I'm going to hold on to that for a long time. And um, I'm going to try not to be sad about it forever and wish <laughs> him well. <laughs> So I'll be looking forward to whatever comes from him. But I have a feeling he's going to have a big future in the JSA. And uh, we will see wrestlers he's going to raise that are going to be of him and of his style. And that is going to be really, really cool to see. All right, let's jump into day 10. just want to bring up um, a couple of bouts here. Day 10 was pretty exciting. Shiono Kuni just has been all fire this Basho and I've really enjoyed watching him. I want to talk first though about Kiribayama versus Hoshoryu. Now this was really interesting because right at the Tachiai, Kiribayama steps to the side, grabs the back of Hoshoryu and flings him out of the doyo like a bag of garbage. It was so decisive and it was so quick and I loved it. It just like was a surprise to uh, I think everyone. Hoshoryu just wasn't fast enough to figure it out. It was so quick and it was just such a brilliant move by Kiribayama because in the slow-mo you could really see just how good his quarterback sneak was, Kitty Bayamas was, because he looked exactly like he was going straight forward to the Tachi eye until he slipped just to the side. It was so so convincing. It was brilliant. Kiribayama was looking sharp. And like I said, uh, Hoshoryu was like, "What happened?" <laughs> yeah, when I first watched this bout, when I first watched this bout, I thought it was a Henka. And then I had to watch it again, and I and I discovered, oh no, that's that's a meet and move, and a real fast uwatanage. 
So it was absolutely satisfying. I totally agree. Hoshoryu did not see it coming, and I don't think he liked it very much. No. The other big bout of the day was, uh, for me, Tadano Fuji versus Ura. Yeah. Now, I know I've skipped to the end of this, but we have so much great sumo to talk about. But yep. this was really fun because we all love Ura, and he's such a trickster. And we all love Tadano Fuji. And, you know, we want him to win. I mean, well, it's, and there's Shinyo Kazuna. And they're yeah. just such different body types, too. Yeah. Well, if you bought a ticket to see the show today, you got your money's worth because Ura did a really great job of creatively attacking the Yokozuna as best he could. He denied Tedanofuji the mawashi grab. Like he was just so low and it would be really tough for Tedanofuji to get under Ura as low as he was. And Ura even tried to do two Ashitori leg picks, but Tedanofuji, he also at the same time was staying really grounded and really balanced. They stall out for a bit. And at this point, I think over a minute there, I mean, they look beat, but Tedanofuji, he stays really, really calm. They separate and they look at each other like, uh, what now? And Ura does go back in and he gets really close to the chest of Tedanofuji. And now Tedanofuji is over the back, um, of, of Ura, and he gets a deep left belt grab on Ura, who is now in this really kind of weird, tricky position, though. The Yokozuna tries his normal lift up and walk out technique like it usually works, but Ura is super wiggly, and he's just too low to the ground for Tedanofuji to have the leverage he needs to lift him up. So instead, he pulls a throw on Ura. Ura goes flipping to the ground, but this is what was interesting. Ura doesn't hit the ground. He's actually holding on to Tedanofuji's belt and he's hovering over the ground in some sort of like matrix move and he's like walking like a crab sort of, but without his hands, they're holding on to, to Tedanofuji's belt and he's still, he's not down and he's not out and he's trying to push Tedanofuji out because Tedanofuji is facing the other way. It was just, it was this weird death-defying kind of high wire act type of <laughs> position. Ura lost in the end, but it gave us everything we wanted from Ura, and it was just the show to see. And Ted and Fuji, though, also showed us every single bit why he's a Yokozuna. Yeah, my favorite bit of that bout was also the ending, because Teren Fuji essentially flipped Ura over... And Ura just hung out in a backbend, yeah. hanging on to Terunofuji's Mawashi and didn't go down. No. And then there was this that lovely moment where Terunofuji looked down at him and realized he's still standing. <laughs> like, and then he just gave him one shove to the chest, yeah. and that's finally what got him down. But I thought nobody else but Ura could be flipped over and still remain standing. It yeah. was so cool. It was so, so cool. That's all I got for day 10. Okay. Day 11, Endo, because I tend to ignore Endo, I'm just going to say Endo got his kachikoshi against Kaisei. It was all in a day's work on yeah. day 11, and I just wanted to say, you know, <laughs> I did notice it. I did notice it. <laughs> I'm going to throw a little love on day 11 to the Takara Fuji versus Ichinojo fight. Mm -hmm. Ichinojo grabbed Takara Fuji's belt from the front. And uh, part of it unraveled so much that it was hanging low. <laughs> yeah, I get again, a little nervous. I, yeah, I, I always, always get a little I nervous. Get a little nervous, but I appreciate it. I appreciate the fact that they kept going. But uh, also because this was a longer fight. Oh, it was And long. it was hanging low that I was like, okay, the, the longer we spend in this fight and the longer Ichinojo has a grab of Takara Fuji's belt, 
strangely, the more interested I'm becoming. <laughs> so <laughs> then the belt started to become a little bit looser and looser as it went along. And I thought, oh, my gosh, we're really going to get into sumo burlesque. <laughs> but we did not. Twice in this very, very long fight, Takarafuji worked Ichinojo, the big guy, back to the Tawada, but Ichinojo dug in twice and refused to go out. Takarafuji just couldn't finish him off, or Ichinojo's defense was just that good on day 11. Mm -hmm. Ichinojo finally got the angle he needed to yorikiri Takarafuji out, but it was another really long bout, three minutes and 24 seconds. That, ladies and gentlemen, is as long as a pop song. Yeah. Pick your pop song. That's how long it was. And I always appreciate that. Plus, with the danger of sumo burlesque, it really got me interested. So day 11, I'm going to skip. I'm sorry to have to skip all the way to the end, but I am going to skip to the end because it was so good. And first of all, the Zoolander looks at the top of this bout between Taran Fuji, who just looked pissed he was working himself up for this fight because takayasu is a big foe and uh, really tough match for him right takayasu's face well you know it's just any other day the godfather yeah, could be doing anything <laughs> yeah but i really enjoyed the looks as this one got started it was another long bout takayasu showing enormous staying power Fuji matching him strength for strength. Takayasu actually has a winning record against Terunofuji, 12 to 9. So this was a big challenge, and you could see that it was. There were long, long pauses where they were jockeying for hand placement, big pushes from each one, but they just could not finish each other off. It ended finally after Terunofuji got to the side of Takayasu, grabbed him by the belt, pushed him back off the ring and dumped him off the doyo right onto his right shoulder and yeah. hip on the ground. Like, I was worried. Well, I think we all were because it was just... It was a, it, it was that's a, a heavy fall. fall. Yeah, and it was just right smack on the side. There was no bouncing. There was no rolling. No. And he just didn't move. It took him a long, long time to get back up to sitting and then a long time in hands and knees. It was an awfully slow and wobbly climb to the top of the doyo. So I was thinking back pain when he got up. I thought, ooh, that was a direct hit to the hip. Somebody with back pain could really mess with a back here. Um, we didn't know what had happened, but uh, it also reminded me, remember in the Hakaho documentary, the really long seven-hour Hakaho documentary, he talks in that about the first time he met a Yokozuna and how the only thing he was thinking of when he first met that Yokozuna was, please don't hurt me. Mm. I just want to get out of this without being hurt. And it reminded me of that moment because I thought, oh, even though these guys are fierce competitors, when you're working that hard to beat a Yokozuna, you're not thinking so hard about how you're falling. Right. And so the danger is really high of hurting yourself. And... um they're always on yeah. the edge of injury. But especially with the Yokozuna, mm -hmm. whose job it is to win. Right. To win, always. So anyway, at the end of day 11, Terunofuji was in the lead with one loss, 10-1. Miyogidu was in second place. That's nine my guy. Two. But, uh, and there was, I know, a whole host of guys at eight and three, including Endo, including Chiyo no Kuni. Chiyo no Kuni, y'all. All right, day 12. I want to talk about Okinoumi versus Kiribayama. Okay. 
Now, both of these men in this match, they do a really great job of getting one-sided grips, really strong grips, but they also do a good job of deflecting the other guy's hand or arm from getting the other side of the grip. Yeah. So Okinoumi, though, after the Tachiai, he's in a better position. He's in a good position, actually, to throw. And he lifts up, he tries, and he pushes Kiribayama to the edge. He does this brutal, stiff Notowa attack on Kiribayama while also having a solid right-hand outside grip. Now, Kiribayama is clinging to the Tawada with his feet like a cat, but his neck is bent in half. Like I was actually worried about his neck. He was bending over backwards. He somehow kept himself from stepping out. He does not step out. If you remember, it looked physically impossible for mm-hmm. him to not step out, but yeah, it, looked it was great. crazy. But Okinomi realizes this, so he backs up a bit. And he ends up resting his chin kind of on Kiribayama's shoulder. And he's kind of like, he takes this moment to kind of pause and figure out with his right hand what he can do. And just then he pulls a beautiful Uwatanage throw on Kiribayama, whose head ends up hitting the dirt first. But he's also tumbling to the ground with Okinoumi. It's just a big, a big sandwich of Kiribayama and Okinoumi-ness. But um, it was a really fun match. Gorgeousness. I would say a sandwich of gorgeousness. gorgeousness. Right? Yeah. Now, this day, Shodai versus Ichinojo. Now, this is like interesting because not necessarily for the Suma I was happened, just going to say. But for the, the beginning, the beginning. Right? Yeah. So there was some sort of power play going on because the Gyoji does not like that Shodai's hands are not on the ground. They have two false starts. And finally, Isagahama Oyakata says from the from the sideline, I think he says, get your hands down. Now, this is not coming from the Gyoji. This is coming from a sideline judge. Now, granted, it's Isagahama Oyakata, but the whole crowd goes like, oh. <laughs> and only then on the third time, he lines up, Shodai like puts both of his hands down on the ground. Yeah, like he never wrestles. Ground. He's like, fine, screw it. I'll do it like you want me to do it. But he's so he's in this full crouching position. But now, you know what? He's Shodai seems rattled and probably a bit annoyed. He's been embarrassed, I think, by the by the judge in front of the entire audience. Being scolded didn't seem to give him enough energy to actually win because they tachiai, he lunges forward, Ichinojo steps back, and he slaps him down easy. It was an Ichinojo win, but it was more about like, oh, the dynamics of what goes on behind the curtain and how the coaches and the judges feel about certain wrestlers and their position and how they're owning up to their Ozeki position. This is the very first time that I've seen the audience laugh and clap for the beginning of a fight for how Shodai set himself up. Right. You know, it was... um, and that translated across cultures. Yeah. Because so I picked it up. Uh, they picked it up. I appreciated it for that moment. Um, you could just tell exactly what Shodai was doing. It was like, all right, if I can't do it right, I'm going to do it right. Right. <laughs> At the risk of losing the whole dang thing, which yep, he did. And but he he's did. like, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> Anyway, gave me a cackle. Yep. Meisei versus Tadanafuji. Wow. Okay. Surprise of the day. Yeah. I won't spoil it till the end, but uh, Meisei straight out of the Tachiai does a brutal Notawa attack on Tadanafuji. Tadanafuji, he rebounds, and he gets in close, and he gets his left hand outside, but meanwhile, Meisei is grasping for a deep belt grip on Tadanafuji, and he gets it. 
quickly, Tedanofuji winds up to do some type of throw, but he's a bit too high. And Meisei stops all of that momentum with a hop on one foot to the side, and he gets his back leg into an Ashitori uh, leg pick position. It didn't work, though, but he still comes right back at Tedanofuji. Meisei pivots back a step, opens up, and pulls a throw on Tedanofuji, who hops forward, resisting the throw, but is now swung around and backed up to the edge and out. The crowd was like, what? But crowd, crowd loved it. But good on Maysay. Yeah. But what that loss meant at the end of the day for Terunofuji was suddenly the, the Yusho race was closer. Mm-hmm. Terunofuji was still in the lead, but then there were a bunch of guys uh, right behind him. Onosho, Okino, Umi, Miyogiru, and Endo. Day 13. Aoyama went bowling for sideline judges and got a strike with Surogisho. <laughs> Direct hit. It was gorgeous. I'm going to take a big skip here. Takakesho versus Miyogido on day 13. This was so much fun. Yes. So the record here going into this fight, they've met 13 times. Takakesho has won every single one. Okay, right. Miyogidu's doing well, this Basho. He's doing amazing. But he's he's never... got a lot of momentum in the, uh, he had a lot of momentum in this Basho. Yeah, but he's never beaten no. Takakesho. So, if Takakesho can knock Miyogidu down here, then he could knock Miyogidu out of the running. So the stakes were high, is yeah. what I am saying. Yeah. Okay, and it's stacked against Miyogidu. So Miyogidu he took a different track this time. He 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 was very wary on day 13 when he came up against Takakesho. He maintained a solid distance between the two of them. He made Takakesho come to him. And so it was this meeting of a few pushes and then some time apart, some more pushes, some more time apart. Miyogidu just waited until Takakesho went in for one big final push, and that's when he made his move. He placed his hand on the back of Takakesho's head and arm and twisted Takakesho down in a lovely, I think it was a squinage. I should have looked that up. Didn't, doesn't matter because Takakesho went down on the ground. It was a gorgeous throw, and Miyogidu beat an Ozeki. He was really doing well against the Ozekis. Yes. And uh, on day 13, he definitely took care of this one. That was a fun match to watch. Yes, it was. Big Tachi Eye between Terunofuji and Mitakeyumi. Also on day 13, Terunofuji, after that big hit, stepped back, reshifted them both to the center of the ring. There was some belt jostling, hand rearranging. Mitakeyumi tried to push Terunofuji chest to chest. Terunofuji went absolutely nowhere. Mitakeyumi stepped back. Terunofuji grabbed both sides of his mawashi, of Mitakeyumi's mawashi, lifted straight up, giving Mitakeyumi that big wedgie, and then a real nice full body hug, walked him straight out. It was a beautiful win against Mitakeyumi. Terunofuji, I would like a big hug like that. I would receive that big hug anytime. Yeah. <laughs> Mo- we- Mawashi wedgie optional, but I will take the hug. <laughs> so that means at the end of 13, Terunofuji was still in the lead, 11-2, right behind him, 10-3. and Onosho was still in the running, Miyogidu, and Endo. And I have to say, I absolutely love 
seeing these three guys there. I didn't tell you, but Okinomi lost on day 13. Didn't even go there. There was just too much sumo left to to cover. All right, day 14. Now, day 14 was leg day, which meant when I first, like, the, when I watched the first three or four bouts, it seems like everybody was using some sort of leg trip. There was a Sotogake leg trip from Kiribayama, who brought Tochi Notion down. Ura versus Kaisei had a really nice Ashitori leg pick. Even a Kakanage with Tadetsuyoshi. It was just leg day. Yeah. Well, um, there were also some really nice throws, though. Um, Okina Umi won decisively uh, and stayed in the Yusho race with a Shitatanage throw over Mitaki Yumi. But the uh, more interesting bouts of the day were Myogiru versus Shodai. Myogiru blasts in to get both his hands inside and just throws Shodai backwards and out. It was really nice. It was explosive and it was focused. Another Ozeki. Another Ozeki. Yeah. I'm telling you. I he... think maybe we should do a spotlight on Miyogidu. Yeah. I like I like him. Meisei beat Onosho with the fastest Hitakikomi slapdown I think I've ever seen. It was just a quick blast to the back of the shoulders and Onosho, who was unfortunately too far forward, he just kerplunked to the ground just as easy as sumo could possibly look. So that was a that was a, also another very decisive match, and it took him out of the running for the Basho. Yeah, it did. It that that loss hurt. Yep. Takakesho the versus Tedanifuji. Well, Takakesho he gets really close inside to Tedanifuji, and it kind of looks really weird. But Takakesho was on the belt of Tedanifuji on his right hand side. He actually attempted to throw Tedanifuji. Yeah, Which you gotta was, give him some props. I like, mean, guts. I know. I, that's actually what I loved about the match is that like we never see Takakesho on the belt, and but he's he, like, "I'm gonna go on the belt with the greatest belt guy in the race today." But he couldn't budge him. He, that was the best part. I know, it, but it showed his spirit that he was like, "I think I can." Well. Ted and Fuji figured, you know, his way out of this, you know, human twister moment. He finds himself kind of in with um, Takakesho. And of course, the throw did not work. But Ted and Fuji eventually got the better of Takakesho with the left hand outside grip and threw Takakesho <laughs> at the Gyoji. And it, it yeah. kind of looked like Takakesho was like an errant bowling ball. It was an overarm throw when Uwatanage by Ted and Fuji. It was beautiful. But, um, you know, it was a little was a little funny to see Takakesho just like a ball just rolling yep. off the the doyo yeah, into did. the pins that were the yeah like uh, on the Willy, ground. Willy Wonka is yes. that character in Willy Wonka that got blown up into a blueberry and just kind of went oh I don't know, know Charlotte or it was a girl I can't remember but she just kind of got rolled out as the big <laughs> oompa loompa blueberry that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> But I, I love Takakesho's spirit, where he's like, I'm going to try something different this time. <laughs> it just looks so interesting because he's never on the belt. Or he's not on the belt as much as he yes. is at pushing and thrusting, which yes. is his A game. So that meant at the end of day 14, Teranofuji was 12-2 and two in the lead, followed by Miyogidu. Yeah! 11-3! Yeah, Miyogidu! So that meant if Teranofuji won... On day 15, even if Miyogidu won as well, he would win the Yusho. If Terunofuji lost on day 15 and Miyogidu won, there could be a playoff. playoff. The Yusho was really open to either one of these two men. On day 15, 
There's a whole bunch of Nana Show, Nana High playoffs, and I just like these on day 15. So what that means is it's seven all around. Seven, 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 seven. These guys are fighting for their Kachikoshi. Here's the big fights. <laughs> the big fights that we were all kind of waiting for at the end of day 15. I think the biggest one that everybody was waiting for up front was Miyogidu versus Meisei. Mm -hmm. There was one really big hit at the beginning. And then it was the Kimarite that we all know Midori Fuji does so well. The Katasukachi. It's the move where you pull, you grab underneath somebody's armpit and you pull their shoulder down with lightning speed. Meisei did it to Miyogidu. And what Oh, what was so hard about it was the disappointment on Miyogidu's face. I thought I saw the beginning happened. of emotions. It was, it's <laughs> doubly heartbreaking in slow-mo. I know. And they showed it in slow-mo, that like two-second heartbreak before he stands back up and bows and yeah. says, well, there goes my Yusho, Yusho chances, because basically that's what it was. When he lost, then we just absolutely knew, win or lose, Terunofuji has this and he is the Yusha winner. Mm -hmm. So the last bout of the day, Terunofuji versus Shodai. There was one big, huge chest hit. And then Terunofuji lifted Shodai's arms up. He slipped his left hand onto Shodai's belt. He exhaled. He then moved his right hand to the back of Shodai's belt. As Shodai just moved around like a fish caught in a net. And then Terunofuji walked Shodai back and out easy as. Now he's got a record of 13 and 2. He is the sole Yusho winner mm -hmm. at the end of day 15. Well-deserved Terunofuji win. Yeah, I like the slow-mo of that because it really highlighted just how sneaky-fingered Terunofuji is. Yeah. Just showing him, like all of the audience, how he gets in there yep. and he gets one side and then it's like a vice grip. It's it, You cannot get loose of it. And then once he's got that on the one side, he wiggles his fingers in on the other side and yep. he's got a death grip. And Shodai knows he's toast. There is no escaping. And it was brilliant to kind of see in slow-mo how Tedenofuji does that and how he wiggles his little finger, not little, his huge fingers in yep. there and you cannot break it fascinating i don't know what i would do without sumo slow-mo yeah because so many of these fights are over so quickly and i can't tell who won because it looks like they go down <laughs> at the same time <laughs> but then you watch it slow-mo and you can, you can see it oh yeah that person went down first yeah you just get to see so much more of the athleticism and the patience of these guys in slow-mo so thank you whoever's behind sumo slow-mo thank you from the bottom <laughs> of my heart because it really helps me enjoy sumo even more so special prizes. I was happy to see that Miyogidu got a, a technique prize. Yeah. The Gino Show. If he had won that final day, he would have gotten another, another special prize. But because he lost, he didn't get the right. second one. But he did get a technique prize. So I'm very happy about that. Yes. And uh, who's the other one? Daesho. Daesho got Outstanding performance. performance. The Shokan yeah. Show. But you know what struck me today? What this means is Terna Fuji on the next Bonzuke is going to be East Yokozuna, which is pretty cool. He hasn't yeah. been there yet. Right. He's only been West Yokozuna. Yeah. I'll be excited for November. We'll see. Me too. I feel like we should give an award, though, to Endo. I think so. Because because he has the same record as Miyogi-Do. 
11-4. I feel like we just need to give him a sumo kaboom honorary second place winner we or something. No, we noticed your good hard work. So congratulations, Endo. Congratulations. That's right. I I do have to say, I mean, I did really enjoy. I did really enjoy this basho. Aki was a fabulous, fabulous basho. Yes. And I'm so glad I got to see it. I'm so happy for Terano Fuji. And um, congratulations to all of our bingo winners, too. Yes. You all won. Yes. And thank you. Everyone's a winner. Everyone's a winner. Thank you, Big Sumo fan. Thank you, Robert, a Big Sumo fan. Thank you, Sumo Soul, for helping to make this bingo happen. That's it right. It couldn't happen without you playing bingo and without wonderful people partnering with us to make bingo alive That's and right. well in the world. So thank yes. you. And thank you to all of our donors who donated on Ko-Fi and uh, who continue to buy our merchandise on Redbubble. So thank you all. We will be at you all next week with a new episode. And until then, I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie. See y'all. Sayonara. Bye. Bye.